Good morning. <laughs> um, well, it's good to be back. Uh, Carrie and I took a delayed vacation last couple of weeks. Um, it was a summer vacation. We decided to take it in October instead of the normal time. Not as many people. Um, so uh, we, we went out to Colorado. We visited some friends. It was a great time out there. Um, we decided to drive. Um, some of you guys I know in Rhode Island, you drive up to Providence. That's a day's trip. Um, <laughs> but we decided to drive. And so uh, one of the things that happens on a long road trip, whenever we take it, I, I find that I um, am reminded of how thankful I am. There's one element of car design that you become very thankful for. It's, it's, and we often take it for granted, but it's the windshield. Um, when you just hear the name, you hear of its intended purpose is to shield you from the wind, and that makes sense. That makes for very dry eyes. Um, but when you go through the state of Kansas, you find out its true value um, because the bugs and grasshoppers out there, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever had one of those things hit your windshield, but if you can imagine what that would be like to have one of those things hit you at 70 miles an hour you become very thankful for your windshield. Um, I was thinking about that this, this week because uh, the reality is, is that there are a lot of areas of our life that we have, we have different shields that are in place that actually protect us in a lot of different ways. When we go to the beach in the summertime, what do we lather all over ourselves? Sunscreen for keeping it what? Shielding us, right, from the sun's UV. So this is like a shield that we put on. We live on a planet that has this magnetic field that pushes way out into space. Why? To shield us from the sun's, from the sun's radiation because it would literally strip this planet of its atmosphere and we'd all be dead. We have an atmosphere. Why? To shield us from what? Well, there are all these little rocks and stuff flying throughout space. And without that shield, what would happen? We'd be pummeled constantly by these little rocks that are going thousands of miles per hour, much worse than bugs in Kansas, right? So we have all these things that shield us. We, we are shielded from the sun by clouds in the sky at times. We are shielded by our clothing from the cold and during the winter. We're shielded by buildings like this that keep out the rain, that keep out the cold, that keep us in the shade in the summertime, the question is this, is what about spiritually? What shields us? We're reading in Ephesians 6 and we're reading about this world. This, we live in these two worlds and in this one world, there are all these, these spiritual beings and some of them are not well-intentioned. They're powerful, but they have very ill intent towards us and they're completely invisible. What shields us from their attacks? What shields us from their, um, their ill intent? Well, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're in this series on spiritual warfare. And in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor that God has given us. And so today we're going to be talking about the shield that God has said he has provided to us to keep us safe. So let's stand together. We're gonna to look at Ephesians 6, verse 16. Ephesians 6, 16, and it says this. In addition to all the other armor, all the armor, we've gone through three different items of armor. So in addition to those three, he says, take up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. 
which, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You guys, I wanna tell you something. You know, bugs are one thing, right, in Kansas. Meteors are another thing coming out of space. But if you're talking about fiery spiritual darts thrown in the spiritual realm by one who wants to completely undo us, wants to destroy your life, wants to, ups, wants to wreak havoc on your soul, we need to pay attention to that, right? Would you agree? Yes. Amen? Yes. Here in Ephesians, God tells us that faith is the shield that can protect us, faith. So we wanna look this morning at what is faith? What is faith all about? Today's message is titled, Full Coverage. Amen. Father, we're here in faith looking for you with the eyes of faith that you have made available to us. We were blind, but now we see because in us you have placed your spirit. And by faith, we believe that you have something to say to us this morning. By faith, we believe that you have something that is meant to transform us and change our life so that we live and look and move in this world more like Jesus did. But also that we look and move and live in the spiritual realm more like Jesus does. So we just ask that you would pour out your spirit, that he would be here doing what he does here in this place, that he would be taking your word and planting it deep that he would be using it to transform us to look more like Jesus does. So we give you our attention. We give you open access to our hearts, our minds, so that you would do your work. We pray these things to glorify you, Father, because of your great love for us. We do these things in the name of your son, Jesus, who has given all so that these things would be available to us, we pray these things in the name of your spirit who works all these things in us. In your name, amen. Amen, have a seat. So I don't know if uh, some of you guys remember this, but back in the late 1980s, oof, it's getting further and further away. But back in the late 1980s, laser tag was just kind of coming online. And they had these huge, these very kind of complex and very elaborate arenas that they would set up where you could play these games of laser tag, kind of capture the flag. And so in Denver, the the middle school youth group that I was leading at the time, we used to rent one of these facilities in the fall and we'd have like a fall kickoff event. We have all these middle schoolers that would show up and we'd have this thing all night. And so if you can imagine, this is the setting. You have this big enclosed space because we have to lock them in, otherwise things get really out of hand. Um, but you, they're all locked in. It's this huge arena and they are, they are hundreds of them running around deprived of sleep, hopped up on caffeine and sugar, right? <laughs> Divided into teams of 10 and they're either playing or they're waiting to play these games of, of capture the flag, laser tag, and they do this all night until dawn. So <laughs> that's the setting. And in the middle of that mayhem is me, right? Now, I just had moved down there, 
And so this is my first time kind of uh, overseeing a program this large. I am trying to make a good impression on the students, you know, because this is my first time introducing to them, um, but never having played laser tag in my life. And so, so I'm going around, one of the first things I'm doing is I'm trying to get some good information of how do I do this well? How can I be successful at this game? And so I'm asking all these uh, junior high kids, I'm, I'm trusting them that they're going to, and I got all kinds of completely useless information from them. Um, one of the one of the students I remember in particular was this kid, and he said, he, he told me, listen, if you go, there's this one place in the, in the course that if you stand, it's kind of an interior wall. If you tuck yourself in there and you have these two hallways that are coming down to it, then you can't be hit, but you can kind of tag people as they come into these hallways as they're running, running through there. And so um, I tried this. You know, I thought, what a great plan. And so I found this spot and I, I tucked myself in there and, and I tried this technique and I thought, man, I must be terrible at this because every, every game I'd go out and I just had this horrendous score um, where I'd been hit all kinds of times. And I'm going, where's this coming from? Couldn't figure it out until the last game I played. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking around because at the last game, I'm like, I'm not even gonna try and hit somebody. I'm just gonna try and figure out where I'm getting hit from. So I tuck myself in this corner. I'm looking around, I'm looking around. Can't see anything until I look up and behind me. And two, two levels up behind me is this kid that gave me this information. And he's up there just laughing his head off, just picking me off over and over again. Moral of the story. <laughs> if you're trying to find a good way to be protected, whether it's in laser tag or in life, make sure that the person who's giving you the information actually has your best interest in mind, right? When God tells us how to shield ourselves in the spiritual battle we're in, we can know that he has our best interest in mind. How? How? Because when it came time for him to show whether he was interested in his own self-preservation or our rescue, what did he do? He went to the cross because that's what it would take to save us, even though it cost him everything. So we can trust that when God says, this is how you can be shielded, this is how you can be safe, we can trust that he's giving us good information. So what is his tip? What is his, what is his directive? He says, take up the shield of faith. Faith. You know, in our world, faith is a, world, a word that's thrown around a lot, right? I mean, we say, well, you just gotta, you gotta have faith in something. You gotta have faith in yourself. You have to have, you know, just take a leap of faith. And what it means is that we have this, this overzealous confidence that if we believe hard enough in something, that we can leap off into a chasm and there will be a landing place for us, Right? It doesn't have to have any grounds, anything that's real. It doesn't have to have any grounds in kind of foundation and any evidence for us. We just jump and we just believe hard. That's not the faith that God's talking about. If you look at the Bible, I told you that each of these, these, these pieces of armor, they would have three parts to it that we needed to look at. We needed to look at the God part, the me part, and the us part, right? So, the me part of this, there is a me part. I do need to be the one that's believing. If, if, if there's something to be trusted in and you don't trust in it, you're not gonna benefit from it, right? And so I do need to believe. 
But the most important part, that's the me part of it. I need to place my trust in something or someone. But the, the most important part of the faith that God talks about is the God part. The God part. Because it, the God part is that, is that faith is not about how hard I believe. Faith is about how trustworthy is the one who I believe in, right? How much can I trust this God? How much can I rely on this God? How strong is the God that I believe in? The strength of this is not found in me. It's found in him. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 17, 20, he says, if you have faith just the size of a mustard seed, it's the smallest seed they could even think of. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you can turn to a mountain and say, move, and it will move. Now, what does that mean? It means that, listen, if I go into a situation and I see a mountain and I believe that God is saying that mountain needs to move, and he's also saying, and you're the one here who's supposed to speak to it to say move, that I can believe, I can know that if I speak to that mountain and say move, that God will then back that up in his, and do the thing, provide the power that I do not have to move the mountain. And that somehow faith is that thing that connects us with the work that God wants to, God wants to do. So that's, that's the God part of it, right? And those are the, I mean, that's me and God and how that works. And so I need to believe, but God is the one I believe in. But then there's a third part because there is this us part. And that's that we need to be a community of faith together. The shield of faith, part of the shield of faith is that we are a community of faith together. You know, there were only a few times in the, in the gospels, and many people don't know about this or they don't think about it or they just haven't heard it, but there are several times in the gospels but that Jesus could not do either the miracle he wanted to do or he could not do Many miracles. I, I love the way that it puts it in Mark. It says that uh, Jesus went to his, this one town and he, he couldn't do many miracles. He could only heal a couple of people. You know, I'm going, man, that'd be a banner year, wouldn't it? Right? I mean, heal a couple of people. No, that was a bad day for Jesus. And it says he couldn't do it because he encountered a community of unbelief. Instead of a community of faith, he found a community of no faith. In fact, opposition to faith. So instead of being those who trusted in this God and who threw their trust on this God who they trusted, it was either that they didn't throw their trust there or they didn't believe in that God who they needed to be true, that was faithful. So it says we need to be this community of faith, this community that encourages each other, that reminds each other of who is this God? That reminds each other of, do you, guys, do you guys see on the cross, do you see what God was willing to pay to rescue us? Don't you think that he will rescue? To remind each other of what it says in, in, in Romans 8, where it says, you know, if he didn't spare his own son, will he not also along with him also give us all good things? We need to encourage each other. We need to remind each other of, of who this God is, of his character, of what he has said, of what he has done of what he is willing to do, because that too is part of this shield of faith that God says that we need to take up. Now, in the ancient world, the shield, the shields came in various sizes. You had this little shield that you could kind of 
you know, hold and deflect and swing around. You had this other shield that was this large shield. In Ephesians, this is the shield it's talking about. It was about four by two and a half feet. And it was like, a, it looked like a small door. In fact, in the, the Greek word for it is, is literally, they were basically, they called it the door, you know, they, they, the, the door shield. Because it was so big and bulky. And you go, why would you carry that thing in battle? Well, that thing would basically, it would cover from your chin to your shins while you're walking, right? But its best effectiveness is most effective when you'd plant the thing in the ground and you'd duck behind it. And that would usually happen when the enemy would start raining these projectiles down on you, these arrows that it's talking about. Now, the word that's used for arrows or projectiles, it means anything from about the size of a dart to the size of a javelin. And, and actually, the javelins weren't uncommon. These were like these projectiles that were like seven feet long. They had tips on them that were about two feet long. And all of these, as talks about them, they wrap them up in stuff and dip them in tar, and then they set it on fire, and then they launch them. And these javelins would be launched. They could be launched like, you know, 100, 100 feet. And so they're way back behind the lines and they're just heaving these things over. Now, can you imagine, can you imagine how terrifying that would be is if you saw one of these things, because you're gonna see it, it's on fire. You're gonna hear it because it's on fire. You know how that, you know, you send anything that's flaming through the air and it's right? And it's coming right at you. It's this huge seven foot thing. And even when you duck down behind this, this, this shield, this small door. Can you imagine the jolt that you're gonna get when that thing hits, right? That essentially is spiritually what it says that Satan is throwing at us all the time. Do you guys understand that? How many of you guys have been hit by one of those Satan-sized javelins that gets heaved in this battle? It may have been, it may have been that, that piece that it may have been something that you saw coming, some, some kind, of, kind of negative turn of events that you just saw developing and you're just watching that thing and you're going, I'm pretty sure that's coming straight at me, right? That's a horrible feeling, seeing it coming right at you. It, it may have been something that took you completely off guard where you're already ducked down behind this shield, but all of a sudden it hits and it just rattles your life. It may have been something in your health. It may have been something in your finances. It may have been something in a relationship that all of a sudden just starts shattering and and falling apart. It may have been a shocking bit of news. It doesn't matter if you see it coming. That's terrifying enough. It doesn't matter if you're ready for it. And even if you handle it well, it still shakes you. How many of you guys have had that kind of thing hit your life? That's the type of thing that it says Satan is throwing at us regularly. And it says, so we need to pick up the only thing that can protect us from it is the shield of faith. But I want to tell you, if you, even if you have the shield of faith, what do those things do? They still distract you, don't they? These things are sailing all over the battlefield and you're going, I don't want to, you know, if it's coming for me, And so you're not paying attention to what's in front of you sometimes because you're so distracted by what's being thrown around. Sometimes these things are for, they're meant to terrify you. They're meant to rattle you. They're meant to shake you. They're meant to get you to just drop your shield and run. But as soon as you drop your shield, you have no protection against them whatsoever. Because they can't harm you 
if you're standing behind the shield of faith. You know, in the Old Testament, this shield, when it was referred to, whenever the shield is talked about, it doesn't just leave it kind of ambiguous as if kind of faith. It really specifically talks about faith in who? Because throughout the Old Testament, God is our shield. God is the shield. And so it talks about in like Psalm 3, it says, you, O Lord, you, Yahweh, are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of my head. In Psalm 18, it says, I will say to, to God, you are my bulwark and my shield. The Lord is a shield about those. He was called the shield of Israel. He was called the shield of his people. It says that his faithfulness was, was around us not just our faith, but his faithfulness surrounded us like the mountains surrounded Jerusalem. And so God is this, this shield. God is the one, think about this, God is the one who takes the hit from the worst that Satan or this world has to throw at you. God is the one who takes the hit for you. His love makes sure that we are not destroyed but instead that we're saved, even if it means laying down his own life, even if it means that he has to chase us all the way through death and resurrect us at the end in order to do it, he will do whatever it takes. God is the one. He's the one that says that even if we feel like we are not strong enough to keep hanging on to his hand, that he will not let go of ours. So that if we stumble, we don't, we're not thrown headlong because he keeps hanging on to our hand. God's our shield. Psalm 91 is one of my favorite Psalms. It begins with these words, it says, he or she who dwells in the shelter of the most high will remain in the covering of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. But then the psalm ends with these words, and these come from God's mouth. He says, because this one has loved me, therefore I will deliver them. I will set them inaccessibly high because they have known my name. They will call upon me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. So it doesn't say we're not gonna be in the battle. It just says I'll be with them and I will deliver them and honor them with a long life. I will satisfy them and let them see my salvation. These last words, I love these last words because the, the word salvation in Hebrew is the word Yeshua, which actually is the basis, it's the very foundation of the name Jesus. It's like he's saying, you know what? Because this one has loved me, I will let them see my Jesus, Right? Because salvation doesn't come as just a theory, right? Protection isn't just a theory. It's not, not with God. With God, it's always about a relationship and it's always about a person. It's always about Jesus. I will let them see Jesus, my rescue. He is the salvation of God. Jesus is our shield. And we don't trust just, we don't just have faith and have faith in our faith. We have faith in Jesus. That the same, the same one who came and laid his life down is the same one who would again and again stand between us and everything that Satan can throw at us. That's what we believe. So how do we take up this 
the shield of faith. First of all, we literally receive the shield, right? We, we take up the shield by faith. It says, by grace, you've been saved through faith. God offers us a shield. It's in Jesus. He says, this is where you're gonna find my faithfulness. This is where you're gonna find that you can completely lean into and trust that I'm with you. So we take up Jesus. We, we lay down whatever else it is that we've been trusting in. You know, God said, I don't want you to worship me along with all kinds of other idols. He says, me alone. And, and with Jesus, it's like we take him up and we put down all these other kind of these uh, frameworks that we've been trusting in. You guys, we live in a world where we're told that we should trust in, we should trust in science, we should trust in medicine, we should trust in all these things, and we should let th- those disciplines frame what we believe is the the extent of reality, right? And oftentimes it frames God right out of the picture. God says, no, that's not gonna be a shield for you. That's not gonna be a shield that's good enough. It's not gonna protect you when you go into the spiritual world. Sometimes we we take up, we, we think that we should believe that finances, finances are what define our lives. And that's what should define how we feel about any given moment, about it should define our anxiety, it should define our success, it should define our values and our pursuits. God says, no, finances isn't gonna be a shield for you. It's not gonna be enough. There's one shield that he says, and it's that shield of faith. We're told to trust public opinion. We're told to trust weather reports. We're told to trust labels on the back of our, the food that we eat, right? We're told to trust all these things. And God says, no, I want you to put all those aside and I want you to take up the shield. I want you to receive and trust, put your trust in Jesus because that is the only place that there's a faithfulness that will actually bring rescue for you. Only Jesus does that. So the first step is, how do you take up the shield? You receive the gift that God has offered in Jesus Christ, right? Do we know that? Now, you guys, sometimes we say, I know that, and I said that prayer, but do we understand what that prayer meant? I let all this go, and it's Jesus. The rest of this may follow. He may use science and all that, and he may use finances, and and they may bring information, but they are not our trust. Never our trust. Second, how do we pick up this shield? We conform to Jesus. We conform to Jesus. You guys, if you're walking into a battle and you don't have the big old door, you're gonna walk very differently than if you're carrying this small door in your arm, right? You're gonna walk differently. You're gonna do battle very differently. Everything's gonna change because of this thing that you're carrying. It's going to, it, you are going to, your battle plan, this is a big object and your battle plan is gonna be kind of formed around it. And so as you're walking, you're gonna be thinking about how do I carry this thing so it doesn't, so it doesn't one, it, it, I use it for its great, it is my greatest protection, so how do I use it best? How do I form my battle plan so that this is best used? You guys, we need to conform our lives to Jesus. Jesus isn't heavy, he's not gonna wear you out like a small door will, but he will change your life. And there are times when javelins, these javelins come in, these lies, these circumstances come in. And we need to know that in those times that we, we lean into our faith in those moments. You don't drop it and run. It is your protection. 
And so you lean into it. That becomes your battle plan. How many of us, I want you to think about your own life. Are there places in your life, are there areas in your life that you say, you know, I'm gonna leave my shield at home, right? I'm gonna just leave my Jesus at home because um, I, I just don't know that he's gonna serve me well in that area. Well, you guys, you're walking in without a shield. You're in the same battle, but you're wide open. I, is that your family? Is that in your workplace? Is that, is that in your finances? Is that in your own personal life? Are there places that you're not conforming your life to Jesus, but rather you're kind of saying, yeah, I don't think he's gonna help me out because you're wide open. And if you're taking hits in those places, of course you are because you don't have your shield. Taking up the shield of faith is accepting the gift. Taking up the shield of faith is conforming your life to Jesus being present in every part of it. The third thing we need to remember is that We need to be a community of faith. You guys, these shields, one of the most effective things that the Romans found they could do with these shields is they would kind of lock them together. They would form these things up and everybody would be far more protected because of the the shield that everyone had brought with them as opposed to any one shield. And so there are times that we as a community need to know how to gather together and in faith lock our shields together and say, no, this is where we stand and this is who we are and this is who we hide behind because these things are too big for us, right? And in faith, we say, no, this is our God. Our God is good. So what does it mean to be that that, that community of faith? Again, how do we encourage each other in who God is and how trustworthy he is and how good Jesus has been? And what he has done in the past and what he is going to do, how do we become a people that when we pray, we pray, like it says in Philippians, with thanksgiving leading the way, right? Because we know who our God is. So we know when we lift these things up, we don't have to be anxious or worried. We know that we can trust him, that he's already there before us, that he is that Jehovah, that, that Yahweh Yira, that Yahweh Jireh, who saw before we got there, who was preparing for the needs that we had before we even knew that we needed it. How do we become that kind of community? We take up the shield of faith, shield of trust in our God. You guys, I wanna leave you with one thing because I want this to be a community where we can get to the end of Psalm 91 and we can say, you know what? We have loved him and we have seen his Jesus, right? We have seen his Jesus. We have seen Jesus walk into things that we had no idea how it was gonna work out and he just, he made it. We, we were in the middle of a storm and all of a sudden he just goes, and he's, ah, quiet. And he goes, right? I want, I want to be a community that sees God's salvation. Do you know that our God, our God is a God who when he decided to reveal himself to us, he took on human flesh, right? And he wanted to show us what his heart is. And you know what name he chose? Salvation, Jesus. If you wanna know what God's about, just look at his name. That should give us incredible confidence that we can hide behind this thing, that this thing, that he will be the one that gives us protection in this war where these, I mean, these are, yeah, the weapons of the enemy, they're horrendous, aren't they? They're horrendous. And yet we can stand and we can trust.
and we can be safe because of the shield, this Jesus who he's given us. Amen? Amen. Amen.